Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I would rather eat lobster at a truck stop. It's time for Must Have CTV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, and I'm your TV guide, Brett White, and I am sometimes a drag queen named Barbara Hardly. Uh, say hello to the crystal, to my Tiffany, Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Brett. Uh, I'm really looking forward to unpacking the crystal and Tiffany dynamic from today's episode. Um, it was a, It's from a show that pretty much no one remembers, and mm-hmm. we've been doing kind of a string of those, uh, but uh, I, it's for a good cause. Yeah, there's no Michael That's Douglas in this, though. Uh, no Michael Douglas. I Have you seen Showgirls? I just watched that for the first time on July 4th. Yeah, I saw it I saw it many years ago, probably you know, a couple of years after it first came out. Um, I, I will watch pretty much anything that Kyle MacLachlan's in, because oh. I just think he's so much fun to watch. Uh, amazing. And amazing in that movie. And yeah, I'd never seen it before. And wow, what a ride. Wow. I'd, I saw I'd him decide. on the subway once, but the, oh. <laughs> but how, how does uh, the work? How does the work look in person? Oh, he's, he is a he is a handsome okay. man. He's getting good. Um, but he's also you know if you check out his Instagram, he's it's just him having fun. He's like doing press stuff, but he also has a winery. So <laughs> it's I think it's pursued by bear wines. Um, I think that's what it is, but, uh, he's got wine. So he's, he's always kind of showing off wines. And then when twin peaks came back, he was doing a lot of twin peaks promo for that. Uh, and so you'll see, you'll still see him post things about like damn fine cup of coffee. Um, he's just having fun with his life. How often does he, how often does he reminisce about his time as Mr. Hyde on agents of shield? (laughs) Wait, he was, I know. I only saw the first season of that. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty sure he was Mr. Hyde. He was Quake's dad, and Quake's dad in the comics is Mr. Hyde, and so I think he was Mr. Hyde. Oh, cool. So, He's you know, a, I mean, fun. great in everything. I, I cannot think of a bad movie that no, he was in. Flintstones? A+. Nope. A+. The Doors. He was great as Raymond Zarek in The Doors. Dune. Give him Dune. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Touch a Pig. Give him, give him the uh, playing Cary Grant in a bathtub. Oh. We'll give him that. So what but, are you watching besides uh, Kyle McLaughlin's filmography? Uh, what have we been watching lately? Uh, it's a new anime season, so we're just kind of trying to get some new things with that. As far as live action, um, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. 
mm-hmm. is running, I believe it's 16th or 17th season, um, which is remarkable uh, for a live action comedy. And it's still just as funny as it's always been. Um, so that's been said. That's the, the I want to say that's the live action thing we've been watching. Yeah. Um, I will uh, say that if that no one, started. if you haven't seen the Mick, um, Caitlin Olson's yep. sitcom, it is now on Netflix. Uh, the old episodes, they canceled it for yeah. no reason. Uh, even though it was probably one of the funniest shows that was on for those two seasons. So she's that's just the way that streaming goes right now. It is, uh, the 19th of July, 2023. So we're in the middle of the WGA strike. We're in the middle of the, well, just the beginnings of the SAG strike. strike. Oh boy. Fran Drescher Uh, burning it down. The best audition for her own veep that I've ever seen was that (laughs) Arn burner speech where she just laid into everything and like called it like we are at the gates of Versailles. It was like this is great. <laughs> Give Fran a but race. We, also have, we have we have Ron Perlman actually threatening to burn things down, which I loved. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, another I mean, guy. I'm just no here no bad for work. It. Only good work from Ron Perlman. So yeah, like absolutely pro strike, pro union, pro labor, anti Bob Iger, anti all these. I don't know uh, what to say. Like I've, I've been a, 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 I've been in Bob Iger's corner since uh, Michael Eisner handed the, the the reins to him, and it just seems like Disney is not having a good year. No, it's like <laughs> uh, just treat people with respect, like baseline. That's all you gotta do. It shouldn't yeah. be that hard. Uh, no one needs to be that rich. I'm sorry. Maybe you assholes don't deserve a bonus of a couple hundred million dollars a year. What did you do this year? Yeah. You take some calls? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, I, I would rather give a, a hundred million dollar raise to a guy that sits in a basement and just turns like a giant crank. Because that's yeah. hard work. And the, yeah. Physical labor is well, hard work. White collar work is hard work. I'm sorry. Blue collar work is hard work. Um, Just work hard. And, and if you're a fan the, of the world will not reward you. If you're a fan of classic sitcoms, you know, uh, the 1960s strike was uh, WJA and SAG strike simultaneously. And that's what got them residuals. So that's why a lot of wow. your classic TV people could sustain life through the 60s, 70s and 80s and 90s. The heyday of reruns. Uh, Hayden Rourke himself was on the picket line in the 80s. The 80s SAG strike when um, Ed Asner was the president of SAG, because uh, I talked to Ed Asner about that strike. <clears throat> oh, well, I just finished uh, a book called The Disney Revo- Revolt um, uh, by Friedman. I forget his first name. I have it on my shelf. I just finished it on Saturday. Uh, I had five hours to kill in the um, getting my car repaired, and it was about the 1941 uh, labor strike at the Disney Studios, and what really happened there was all the un- all the, the studios were getting organized, and the animators were kind of the last ones to to do that. And but unfortunately, they were being organized by one of Al Capone's thugs. <laughs> well, and yeah. so so Disney, the people at Disney were like, we should form our own union just so that this Al Capone guy doesn't move in on our animators. So they, they form this little like in-house union. They don't do all that much. 
And then the other studios start unionizing. And uh, the Disney were like, Disney is like, well, we have our own little union. And then the, the really pro-union people are like, that's a union founded by management. We can't have that. We need our own union. So they started their own union, uh, supported, and then, and then ended up in bed with the the Al Capone guy against the the uh, the Disney organization, and uh, it's a, it, the book itself is fantastic. If you mm. ever want to hear about just like early Disney studio uh, and labor relations in the 1940s, uh, it ends with uh, the Al Capone guy dying in a truck explosion. So Jeez. they have a whole <laughs> they have a whole long list of like all the people who got bumped off by the mob after a Sounds while. Sounds like the next Christopher Nolan movie, maybe. Uh, Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, so well, you, you know it's going to be an interesting. Right? It's an uh, I don't. Well, I'm basically uh, watching a bunch of shit for work that I don't like, so I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, I'm watching a lot of the Drag Race International <laughs> spinoffs, which is not a okay. surprise. But I mean, you know, drag. So like nowadays, there's at least three different drag race series running concurrently at all times which is Ooh. too much um but i've been trying to get caught up and what i've been surprised by is the quality of all of them this year has been as good as maybe even better than the american parent ones uh drag race Ooh. belgium i didn't it was drag race belgium was fine drag race sweden was like better than that and then that. Drag Race España is like the A-list. Um, it's become kind of like the best international spinoff. And it's season three is crushing it, uh, which I'm about halfway through. And then currently airing right now are Drag Race uh, France and Drag Race Mexico. And they are outstanding. Drag Race Mexico is A the lot. best looking Drag Race series. The cinematography and production design is next level like it's really gorgeous the the workroom looks like a kind of like a super mario land 90s taco bell kind of like mashup which i yeah it's really <laughs> great so wow presents plus is where you watch that is all of five, them that is five drag race <laughs> shows at you know in one breath yeah that's a lot and that's drag more race on order drag race um down under starts in a week and drag race philippines starts early august seven seven so. <laughs> eight the american version my god well nine all-stars nine all-stars and then uh canada and uk will be at some point this year so it's been a lot but it, it's worth it so if you've fallen off of any of those drag race fans i would say hop on for france and mexico definitely well at least you're enjoying them um, so we did get a comment on the Alfred Hitchcock Presents episode from a listener, Ethan Sloan, Hello, uh, Ethan. who said that um, one of his favorite podcasts, thank you, Sincere, uh, I've been listening on Stitcher, who just announced they're shutting down. Whoa. Now I'm trying to move all my podcasts over to Spotify, but I can't find your show on it. Where else are you guys hosted? We should be on Spotify now because of this very comment. I apparently just had to push a button that literally says activate. <laughs> and I did that. I'm searching for it and Spotify is not loading on my phone. So 
give us some time. We'll probably be there by the time this airs. Yeah. So I thought we'd been on there. I don't know. I just, I kind of just, uh, if it isn't, if it is not apparent, my uh, approach to handling the podcast is uh, gingerly and rarely. <laughs> um so i've uh, well it looks i'm i'm checking it right now and we are officially on spotify oh wow that was really quick i literally I, hit that button like 80 minutes ago i got my phone to work it's even got the new year's eve live trailer up there um but yeah uh we are up there okay so yeah so yeah so I, hit that up I figure if the two big ones for me are Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're not on there, like you're on Bandcamp, I have to make that like extra step. But honestly, we're on Spotify. So check us out. Yeah. I mean, I have always just done iTunes. You know, I'm a basic bitch. Uh, are we ready to try to time travel? Let's time travel. Uh, this week we'll be traveling to February 28th, 1984. Footloose ruled the box office, jumped by Van Halen top of the charts, and ABC aired the O Madeline episode, Play Crystal For Me. Ethan, you must have seen Play Crystal For Me before today, or you must have heard of the sitcom O Madeline before today. I remember hearing about the sitcom O Madeline because I remember when Madeline Kahn passed away, there was like, and she did this television show Aww. in addition to all the other things that she worked on uh it's important to know that she was nominated for a golden globe for oh madeline which uh complete so like you know i'm looking up things right now that i probably should have uh been looking up before um oh my god so malicon icon genius yep. uh most probably known well to me for clue uh, flames on the side of my face. Um, <laughs> and also she played uh, the first lady, Bob Newhart's wife in the first family movie, first family written by Buck Henry. Uh, Gilda Radner played their daughter. The, the ages there seem very weird. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that's, I don't know if Madeline Kahn could be Gilda Radner's daughter. Um, the movie is not as good as it sounds because you hear... It's got it's, it's Fred Willard and Buck Henry, and is Frank Langella in that one? Yeah, prob. Yeah, I think so. Okay, but it's like I mean Bob Newhart, Madeline Kahn, and Gilda Radner. It's like, well, this is gonna be great, and man, it is a racist, oh. but we're fine. We, I love <laughs> Buck Henry. Um, but so this should have been, and I do actually think that it was good. I think you know because because this was produced by Tom uh Tom. Tom Werner and Marcy Carsey. This is the first pr uh, production of theirs because yeah. they went on to produce Brett. I mean, oh my God, I'm looking at the list right now. The Cosby Show, Roseanne, Grace Under Fire, Sybil, Third Rock from the Sun, That 70s Show. Uh, I mean, that 80s show, that 90s show. But I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. Like, they are one of the major you know forces yeah. of like 90s sitcoms and this is where they got their start and i honestly think you can see that quality um i mean this is the penultimate episode so maybe i don't know maybe earlier ones are even better or maybe this one is the best because they really owned it i don't know and 
it would make sense that she would get her own show. She's a comedian from from way back. She's been nominated for multiple awards. She won a Tony for the Sisters Rosenzweig. Um, everyone that I in my family recognizes her from Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. from Young Frankenstein, from History of the World Part One. Her her work with with Mel Brooks. Um, when I was growing up, her I remember her appearances on reruns of Saturday Night Live. Um, she was just a very talented big name in the seventies and eighties. So it would make yeah. sense that she gets this, her own TV show that kind of, I don't want to say it was, it was consciously done like this, but I, I get the feeling that this was meant to set her up kind of like a Lucille ball. Yeah. of Lucy character. Cause um, the premise of, uh, yeah. So what is the premise of this show? Because I feel like just coming into this episode cold, I was like, I don't, what is this show about? I mean, from what I read about it, it was she, Madeline Kahn plays Madeline. Her, that's the character's name. She's married to a romance novel writer who's fairly successful, who goes under the, uh, who's uh, a man, but writing as a woman, uh, Crystal Love. Mm. Charlie is her, is her husband. And I think I, from what I gathered, because I don't I didn't watch all 18 episodes. I I don't have that kind of attention span, but there's a lot of my husband's successful. So what am I going to do? Which is very I love. Yeah, Lucy. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is, I think, one of the episodes where their careers cross. She's kind of a housewife looking for neat things to do. Well, and, and they don't very, have children. They don't have children, which is also like. I mean, let's be honest, that is a huge choice <laughs> for sitcoms, especially like starring heterosexual couples in their 40s. Like, yeah. you don't have children? What? Like, <laughs> how is that not the entire point of the show? So, yeah, good for them. And Madeline Kahn, I love that uh, in a lot of her movies, she does use accents. In this yeah. episode, she uses her her regular New York accent, but also slips into... Uh, her her more playful accents that she uses in in other things. And so she was born yeah. in she was born in New York, uh, lived in in New York. She was um she started as a singing waitress at a Bavarian restaurant in New York. <laughs> like she's a f- fully a New Yorker. And her husband in this, uh, played by um James Sloyan has a very New York accent. He's very New York in this. So it's really just this like Americana, New York. Yeah. You know, not real America, according to. Um, no, yeah. States. Well, that's why this feel. That's why I think that this might have only lasted a season is because the 80s. God, the 80s is a rough time. If you want to do a sitcom that is not about a white family in the suburbs. <laughs> Yeah. So the fact that they didn't have kids and that they didn't just make her like, you know, the mother of three children or like yeah. on the PTA is like, wow, you guys really was risky. They could have uh, done the Doris Day thing where she had kids and then all of a sudden disappeared. Seasons, she, no kids moved to San Francisco. The kids kick them out the window. No. Uh, but yes, yeah, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we'll be talking about the old Madeline episode, Play Crystal For Me. It is the 17th of 18 episodes, and it was written by Robert Stern and Prudence Frazier, Barton Dean, and Neil Marlins, and directed by J.D. LeBue. Here's how newspapers in 1984 describe the episode. 
Madeline disguises herself as a flamboyant author to help sell the romance novel Charlie wrote under a female pen name. Ethan, how accurate is that description? Uh, very. It's it, it's it's leaving out all of the conflict and uh, also doesn't allude to the fact that Charlie has been writing romance novels for his entire career and makes it yeah. sound like it's a one off. But here you go. <laughs> well, it also so it also does not mention the guest star, Charles Ludlam, who uh, at this point had been doing like off Broadway plays, winning Obie Awards in New York City, who is a homosexual playwright and female impersonator and got this gig because he went to school with Madeline Kahn. I didn't know that part. Yeah, I found a little bit. Um, but so like what I so I did a search on newspapers.com and only 11 newspapers mentioned his name. Wow. And that's like 11 newspapers across all of America. Only 11. I searched Charles Ludlam in the month of February and only 11 results came back. Well, Charles Ludlam, which is kind of surprising because Charles Ludlam himself was a name. Yeah. He was writing plays, performing in plays, directing plays, winning literally six Obie Awards for his plays. Uh, his play, The Mystery of Irma Vep, was the most performed play in 1991. Yeah, I, wait, where is it? So in my Googling, I found, I think one of the reasons why is because uh, you can find excerpts from a biography that was written about him uh, called Ridiculous, The Theatrical Life and Times of Charles Ludlam by David Kaufman. Uh, you can find it on Google Books, like big chunks of it. And so I found it. And apparently the part about this episode, ABC like was was unsure, like going into making this episode ABC was on the fence about whether or not to reveal the fact that Tiffany Knight is a man in drag. Like they were so like, Ugh! and so they definitely like didn't want to promote that. It seems, which makes sense since with only 11 newspapers mentioned it. It's probably because ABC didn't tell people. And yeah. Well, I think I, I want to also point out to everybody listening and watching that we are still, even though it is July 19th, we are still working through <laughs> our Pride Month um, series. So this counts for the 80s. And when Charles Ludlam is the is the reason that we felt that this episode of Oh Madeline would be a good representative oh, um, for the uh, for the 80s. Yeah. And so. So, yeah. So Charles Ludlam plays Tiffany Knight, who at first we do not know is a uh, drag queen because <laughs> uh, the episode starts with uh, they're talking about Tiffany Knight being like uh, the major competition for Crystal Love. Crystal Love's Charles's manager is like getting on to him for not being more of a presence to like hawk his novels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's kind of a very slow it's a very slow opening um there's yeah, no there exciting a... action it's just uh oh i need to sell my book yeah and that's it uh but there is i did i liked one joke up top or I liked a couple jokes actually like uh madeline describes tiffany knight as like it's like an explosion at the rose parade all like the feathers and stuff <laughs> that she wears i thought it was funny um I and then shirt, i thought that her shirt looked like beetlejuice because it was black and white stripe <laughs> Um, well, this is when so Charles is her husband's name. Yeah, I don't even Charlie. look at he's Charlie. Charlie. Okay, so he's Charlie by, and then Charles Ludlam. 
Yeah, he's uh, Charlie is played by James Sloyan. He was a uh, big voice actor for commercials, though he did a, he did a couple episodes of Star Trek across seasons. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, Charles Ludlum and Madeline Connor are the stars. No joke. Oh, by far. Yeah. So he comes up with the idea like, oh, you could play Crystal Love. And you could go do like signings and stuff like a man can't do this because of all the women find out that a man wrote these things. They won't like, well, I like it anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> they're pulling the the JT Leroy um, hardest deceitful above all things where there's one writer that is writing their their heart out and sending somebody else pretending to be them for actual press tours uh, and various things like that. Yeah. And one, when Madeline hears this uh, plan, her response is with, if she would like to play crystal, her response is I would rather eat lobster at a truck stop, which made me laugh out loud. <laughs> and wait, and then she was like, uh, oh man, I can't remember the context of this joke, but I thought this was good too, where she was talking about all the things she can do as an author, like, you know, do book signings, go on a tour, appear on the last 23 seconds of the tonight show. I laughed at that. I can, and, I can use words like genre and denouement. And, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's at that point that I knew I was in safe hands when I had laughed twice in the cold open. <laughs> it's it's one of those shows, I think, like Monty, where it's like, oh, the jokes themselves are pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's just part of a, a sinking ship. Yeah, because there isn't much. I mean, there isn't much to this at all. Like, we're at the book signing immediately. Like, yeah, I feel like, like three minutes in, we're at the book signing at first, and she is there. It, it starts with, I thought this woman was going to be a character on the show. Because it, it, we go to the book, the bookstore, and the very first thing we see is like a woman, a New York woman, talking to another woman who has a book in her hand. And she's like, oh, Moby Dick. Oh, why would you want to get that? It's a lot like Jaws 2, except the fish doesn't eat the helicopter. You should get Embers of Passion by Crystal Love or whatever. That Well, that character was a regular on the show. She played Madeline Kahn's best friend. That's why oh she Oh, my was, God. That's why she was there. I also think it's really funny, too, that a bookstore has a uh, display up of Moby Dick. Yeah, like you know. here. It's a hundred-year-old <laughs> novel. Like, we're spotlighting Man, it today. Nothing else is on the show. They did not treat her like a regular at all. It's one of those it's one of those shows. I keep saying one of those shows. It's 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 one of those sitcoms where you have your regular cast of characters and you have to use every one of them once per show. So this is her part. And then the friend Robert comes in later. He's got his part. And like they're they're throughout the series. They're recurring characters. But there should have been a scene like like in the bathroom or like over to the side of her, like coaching Madeline, like. No, like you gotta, you know, hawk your boobs up. You gotta be sexy. Like, just it's show us very something. New York. Very New York. Yeah. <laughs> so then Madeline enters, and I mean, this is she's in some bosom buddies drag. This dress that she's wearing, which I guess was like the the style back then. It's like a drop waist dress. Mm-hmm. Like the hem is mid calf, but the waist of it is at the crotch like the waist of it is like a good eight inches below the natural waist and it looks like you're wearing a floral pink lacy potato sack and she's she also has a blonde wig on over her normal red hair so it's a much larger kind of like um 
I, I don't know what to explain it as. It's like uh, the only I mean, thing I want to say is King of the Hill. <laughs> no, it's like it's some dynasty hair because I am yeah. also watching uh, Dynasty. Right it's now. 1984. Yeah. So it's it's some big bang feathered. So she's sits down. She starts signing them. And then like, is it like the first I, or they, they might like do a dissolve to her signing a book for this woman who was just like your books are so trashy, so sweaty and steamy and hairy. hairy. <laughs> then she like, goes, I, I have to call all the guys at the fire station. Yeah. <laughs> the, line I- that, the line that really got me was that for some reason, there was like a reporter all the way at the other end of the room yeah. yelling questions at her. Yeah. And there are only like eight people at this book signing, which for uh, a popular novelist who has never made a public appearance, this is unrealistic yeah but there's so many yelling questions across and and and, and she and the person goes crystal are you married and her response is oh i couldn't be tied to one man i'm like the wind free to blow the hats off of all men which is very sexual (laughs) (laughs) um i don't i don't want to explain what blowing the hat of somebody is but you can probably imagine yeah and she's kind of doing like a Gabor accent, I noted. Like it's it's vaguely kind of like Hungarian heiress kind yeah. of. Uh, they ask her something about like going on a trip to a mountain or something. And she was like, she she talks about how she would write her novel. She's like, oh, I would bang out a couple of chapters while Gustav climbed a mountain, stuff like that. It's all this this hyped up, this fake romance stuff. She uses words like toss off and bang out, which are also yeah. um um <laughs> so and and she's and she's talking about how she was able to just like write something like really quickly. And her husband, who's also standing there, said, Took me eight, took me ten months to write that book. <laughs> and three of those I had pink eye. <laughs> and then the the New York friends like, oh, I, I read the whole thing while waiting in line for Yentl. Yeah. <laughs> New York. Do, 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 do. And now this is when Tiffany Knight shows up to like settle the score, check out the competition, read a bitch, drag, drag her uh, as Tiffany Knight uh, in a performance that I would say is probably steals the show. Yeah. Well, it comes in. The very first thing that she says is like. She says something to her. Okay, this was this was a complicated joke. Like what she said, like her her secretary's name is Rod. And so therefore he is her Rod and her staff. Right. Is that what she said? That's what she said. Yeah. (laughs) Rod also does not have an IMDB credit in this. Neither does the uh, interviewer. Um, They're like literally six people on this page's uh, IMDB. Yeah, there's like a it's like a tr- double triple entendre of was well, there's like it's like a synonym entendre of just like he's my step because he's a hunk of man like he's he tall, looks yeah. he's yeah he's like tall buff but wearing a suit when he opens the door like one person in the audience reacts as if they recognize who that person is and then is immediately like oh wait no <laughs> so i had to watch the scene a couple of times just try and figure out that joke uh and then the reporter you know ever the classy reporter basically asked them who who gets more dick basically he's like which one of you fucks more he didn't say that in those words no but <laughs> that's the gist 
nowadays you could probably ask that in an interview weirdly yeah. enough but 1984 no you'd, you'd have to frame it as like a um a buzzfeed game or something with like a a paddle with like a yeah yes and no like yeah um which is what i do for a i'd rather do that for a living than a lot of what i do. uh but so uh this is so crystal aka madeline kind of is like oh well you know tiffany's so much older and has been at it for so much longer so i'm sure she's had so much more <laughs> and madeline khan is just is just perfect for this part she is she shows a little bit of apprehension because it's it's you know she's pretending to be somebody else but she's also ready to spar and really good at the improvs um yeah that's her, why her character's a little improv, bit yeah. yeah her character's hard to get a hold of because I don't know, like when Lucy is not in the thick of it, she still comes across as wily. <laughs> like even if she's just like making breakfast or she still feels whereas like, I don't know, Madeline in the beginning of the episode when there was no scheme afoot, I don't know, like I couldn't I don't know. I didn't get any vibe. And so like yeah. when she was actually really good at improvising and like riffing, I was like, oh, that's good. I didn't expect that. Um, so it's it's kind of a terse situation between Tiffany and Crystal and uh, and then kind of the, the 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 interviewer gets into it a little bit. So there's a little bit of a little bit of friction. Um, and uh, of course, uh, Tiffany trashes Crystal's new book. Um, was it the the something the embers of ecstasy? Oh, yeah. And, and and she trashes it by saying that, oh, it's just your old novels just rearranged into something new. And Charlie, of course, Charlie, the the husband who wrote the book, says there's not a same word in Towers in my previous novel, Towers of Ecstasy, as there is in Embers of Ecstasy, <laughs> except for ecstasy and throbbing. But I use it differently. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> well, and so when Tiffany and her henchmen leave, like they kind of they, they would like storm off, and then they basically they are treated like uh God, who is Muttley? Muttley's a psychic of who? Dick Dastard. Snidely Whiplash or no? Yeah, but it's, it's it's very like that's the vibe of the two of them is very Hanna Barbera cartoon villains because he outside <laughs> Tiffany's like. Yeah, we got to go. My bazongas are falling. The thing a man has to do to make a living these days. It's pretty obvious that Tiffany is is a man. I okay, mean, it, yeah. So if y'all are Drag Race uh, fans, I would say that Tiffany, Charles Ludlam in drag, is very Pandora box meets Tammy Brown. So it's campy. It's kooky. It's uh, <laughs> it's not pretty. This is straight up fur coat like glamour walking through the door of yeah. a bookshop that only has seven people waiting for a popular novel, whatever. And, be and because it's 1984, Tiffany's hair is like a dark, dark brown and all of it is like mounded onto one side. It's like a side pony, but it's just like all of it is just over, <laughs> over on one. <laughs> so the, the action. Oh, then oh. Did you get, cause so did you get commercials? I didn't get commercials. Did you get the opening credits? No. Okay. Because there, so there's there are two versions that I saw on YouTube, and one had good picture, but the audio sounded like it was in a tin can. That's and what then I the, saw. The other one uh, had looked like you were watching it through 
an Instagram like static filter, <laughs> but the the audio is clear. So I watched the static filter one, which had the commercials. There we go. <laughs> that means two people recorded it and put it up to YouTube. I watched the version that had uh, the bad audio, but the, the pretty good visuals. And that included the opening credits, which I will suggest uh, watching just for the opening credits, because the opening credits is it's just a montage of scenes from the show set to the most ridiculous ragtime music I have ever heard. <laughs> it is completely inappropriate. <laughs> it is like you're at the fucking country bear jamboree. Oh, wow. Watching Madeline Kahn do Pratt falls off a couch. That's is fun. It, it's it's it does not make any sense. It is made that probably killed the show in itself was this goddamn ragtime opening. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the commercials that I got, which I do believe like this was original airing. Uh, so the night that it originally aired, the commercials were it was a um, a Hanes commercial for ladies where she were. It was a woman who was wearing like a gorgeous white ball gown and doing dancey stuff and a guy in a tuxedo like watching her through a keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it was two kids uh, talking about Colgate with maximum fluoride protection Kids talk about that all the time. Another one was a maxi pad commercial. Uh, women were discovering dots. So, because it was the introduction of like a dots technology to maxi pads. Oh, I thought you meant uh, dipping dots, the ice cream of the future. Or 7-Up. Um, and then the last one was a commercial for AKA Pablo, a new Norman Lear sitcom starring Paul Rodriguez about a Mexican-American family. Also, Hector Elizondo was in it. And it uh, aired for a month. It, well, that's, it aired six episodes. That's very interesting that you say that because I just realized that the the version that has the opening credits is from USA. Yeah. So it must it, have been rebroadcast on USA yep. after <clears throat> being shown on ABC. Which makes sense. That seems like, oh, Madeline seems like the kind of thing that fledgling cable networks would be like, oh, hell yeah. I mean, USA did that in the 90s too. Like they would rerun Boston Common and Union Square and a whole bunch of like failed NBC sitcoms, which I love that. Uh, so yeah, so now we're back at the house. The neighbor comes over with the newspaper, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the neighbor, I, I had his name written down. Um, it is... I didn't write it down. My God. Um, oh, Madeline. All right. Robert is is the name of the um... Louis Giambalvo. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a character actor. You've seen him in, in other stuff. He was uh, a heart to heart. Very Italian. Yeah, um, he was in uh, Death to Smoochie. I remember Death to Smoochie. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, a good show. Oh, he was in Weekend at Bernie's. He played Vito. Anyway, he's a character that actor that you know. I remember I remember him from other things. Um. He's the excitement. He's the exciting, the excited uh, neighbor. Um, but oh, and- uh, what am I? I'm looking at the notes. Um, immediately, Tiffany shows up. Tiffany- well, he's like excited. He says, like, you know, she's not much to look at, but any woman that can write like that can dangle my participles any day. Yes. Talking so, about Tiffany. Talking about yeah, Tiffany. Talking about Tiffany. Tiffany oh, shows and- up. Tiffany shows up and she's like, where's Crystal? And then Charlie's response is she went upstairs to get the ocelot out of the jacuzzi. <laughs> because, t- 
because <laughs> Crystal Madeline has run upstairs to like get into Crystal Drag, and man, it's great. And this, and this is not the you know palatial estate that you'd expect from a glamorous writer. This is suburbia, you know, two adults, no kids. Um, yeah, single income. Um, but <laughs> then Tiffany notices or Tiffany's assistant notices their wedding photo. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Charles snatches it from them and then throws it out the window to the sound effect of glass just shattering. <laughs> and and says that, uh, or sorry, Crystal comes back down, Madeline Kahn as Crystal, and, and she's asked about it. Tiffany says, oh, was that a wedding photo? And she says, no, uh, that was uh, Charles's graduation photo. Uh, we went out to dinner. <laughs> uh, yeah and so didn't she then say like would you would you care to park it somewhere my dear <laughs> like when she's yes. trying to like get tiffany to sit down meanwhile robert is the neighbor is fawning all over tiffany he at one point he says that he wrote the omen yeah um yeah. which is a lie and um <laughs> she, and then to explain him away Madeline Kahn says, oh, that was my ex-husband. Uh, after we got a divorce, he lost 90% of his brain. Which <laughs> is just an odd line, but I really liked it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's basically the entire show out of that show. Um, well, and so then, like, Tiffany's, her and her henchmen start scheming. And their their plan, basically, is to go over to where the idiot lives and just try to, like, get him to spill the beans on what is going on with Crystal. Because yeah. Tiffany knows there's something up. And so Robert is next door playing basketball alone. Without a hoop. He's just Without throwing a, a ball at a chair. Now, for Pride Month, I will point out that he is a uh, stocky, hairy man who is wearing the shortest shorts I've ever I've seen. Like, a very short. And, um, I mean... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, he's yeah, he can get it. Uh, and, he and he's about to get it. And he has the name Robert written across his chest, <laughs> which is which, not sexy, which is the weird. It's the, and also, did you notice that he doesn't have a coffee table? He just has two cardboard boxes set up together. He has he has a very large living room. It's like, I can it, fix him. I can fix him. <laughs> no, it looks like the 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 Cosby show interior. It's set up the same way with the door and the stairs up and yeah. stairs going up. And it's big and it is decorated. He has things on the wall. He has furniture. But for some reason, no coffee table, just two big cardboard boxes next to each other. 
you know, you move into a place and it's just hard to unpack those last two boxes. <laughs> so <laughs> become this part is of the family. Tiffany comes over and essentially like seduces him into like trying getting information. She like plucks a chest hair off of him. Uh, he says that I just love men who sweat. And he goes, oh, you must love Louis Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> a non sweat sequitur if I ever heard one, but I loved Which, it. Now, like this is, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems uh, here in that, you know, later when when Robert finds out that Tiffany's actually man, he gets like sick to his stomach, which is a transphobic trope that uh, is a thing that happens in is a thing. Oh, my God. It's, it's so gross. The like attorneys tried to say that like the murder of trans women is justified because like the repulsion that the man feels when justified like no so this is part of that culture so that's the not cool yes. uh but, but we both go but. <laughs> but but no but like it is wild knowing because it's so Charles Ludlam is obviously a man and Tiffany's obviously a man dressed as a woman. And so it is, you know, you're watching this scene in a 1984 sitcom and it's like, these are two men. These are two uh, humans with penises, like touching each other in very intimate ways. I was going to say the same thing. How far is this going to go? Is that in the show, it's revulsion. But you you have an actor, two actors that are very comfortable yeah rubbing interiors of thighs repeatedly just like it's and, and selling- i'm surprised and i'm surprised the censors would let them do that because like the censors would be like that's a man those are two men they can't do that i don't yeah. care if in the i don't care if in the story he thinks it's a woman like it it does feel like oh madeline knew no one's watching our show also spoiler <laughs> alert this aired opposite the grannies so like no. <laughs> No one was watching this one. So they were like, oh yeah, play with his chest here. Go for it. Yeah, like rub rub him down. Like this was yeah. this was a very you could have gone a different direction. You could have been like, oh hubba hubba, and just kind of like shook your shoulders and kind of like nudged a little bit. No, yeah. They went, they went but, for it. And Tiffany also could have been bad at flirting. Yeah. Like like it could have been clear, like this is a man, clumsy man, but it's like, no. Charles Ludlam, great female impersonator, is aside from just like having a more a deeper voice, like is very convincingly physically has has the walk better than I do. Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah. I'd also like to point out that if you go to Charles Ludlam's um, Wikipedia page, which I recommend you do, there's an amazing history of 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 an actor and a writer that they do say that that he is an openly gay actor and openly gay is a link. And if you click it, it takes you to the the page for coming out, which I thought mm. was just like an interesting like, oh, OK, that's that's where that link goes. <laughs> yeah. like, no, no, openly gay a was a late that. was a late 70s glam rock band that Charles <laughs> Ludlum was the lead singer of. No. Pointing out, too, that Charles Ludlum uh, did pass away in in the late 80s of AIDS. His obituary was the first front page New York Times obituary to mention AIDS, and he has his own street in the West Village. Uh, And so this is not a like a a bit player. 
Charles Ludlam is part of history and just being able to watch this performance. I, I, I admit I didn't look up some of his other plays on YouTube, but he'd wrote a lot of them and they were well-received. They won awards uh, for a while. Um, Irma Vep was also the most performed play in Brazil. in oh. like the, I must say like the early two thousands, like plays still being performed. A very big, a very big deal. And it's cool that Madeline Kahn, you know, had this. I wonder if they wrote the script knowing she's like, oh, my friend is. Yeah. Is Charles Ludlow. We should do something. Um, So, yeah, it, it's the next scene is, oh, is she she's back at home or she's opening a gift from a fan. Yeah. Who because sent her a necklace. Mail. Yeah. She's yeah. getting crystals mail. And and so she opens the box and it's a necklace and she's like, oh, this is so sweet. And it's like a very lovely letter. And, it, and then it but then it like goes into like, and if you're not wearing it the next time I see you, I will kill you. <laughs> it's like Price of a, stardom, baby. Yeah, that's a fun, that's is. a fun, uh, fun line. <laughs> it's kind of disturbing because it does happen. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It cuts back and then it cuts back to Robert's place to show. Then Tiffany basically gets him to say, you know, Crystal Love is a man, right? Uh, which, haha. ha. Yeah. But he means... Crystal Love is literally the man, Charlie. Yeah. And, and Tiffany, Tiffany believes thinks... Crystal Love is a man just like I am. <laughs> just yes. like I, drag queen, this would look like me. Um, but then we we go back to the house and we discover that Crystal has been invited to a, a um a talk show with Tiffany. And it is it is the a talk show hosted by Eddie Garvin. Uh <laughs> that does not get an IMDb credit. He is basically like a was uh Andy Rooney kind of is yeah. the like because she's like, I'm gonna go there and he's gonna be like, Do people read these? I don't. Does that mean I'm out of touch? <laughs> like all that. And I love when they get there and he like before they start, he's like, Okay, Tiffany, Crystal, those are the names we're going with, right? <laughs> it's like you're sure of the I love that. And the camera goes on and immediately those are the words he says. Yeah, just literally like just dismissive. <laughs> uh oh, but then and, and so like then Crystal, I think, is defending romance novels. And she's like, people are just like they're hungry for like your cameraman. He's hungry for romance, for a potato, for something. And Crystal is wearing uh the largest uh mutton chops uh sleeves. Yeah, I would love this gown. It is like huge, basically like it's all powder blue and like huge pillows essentially uh, for the shoulders and sleeves. And then like a lace brocade kind of like bust area. And it's ridiculous. It's very 80s prom. Very ridiculous. And oh, and I also wrote that like at this point, I realized Madeline as Crystal reminds me of Nadja from what we do in the shadows. (laughs) You're not that far off. Yeah, it's got that like it's got that same kind of like, you know, tossed off, you know, just like casual uh, mania. Or just like yeah, it's, it's she's going along with everything. She's yes anding everything. Tiffany's trying to quote unquote expose her mm-hmm. as a man and keeps throwing things as I know your secret. And then Crystal will say things like, Fine, you got me. I'm not really Norwegian. I was just <laughs> dating a Norwegian man and things got confused. Well, and then she's Tiffany starts 
trying to say things and then crystal just does a very good imitation of like a uh, police siren or like a car alarm <laughs> i don't understand why yeah well and then the neighbor comes in warns charlie but too late right too late well the first thing that happened the thing that happens is crystal gets there first crystal tears oh yeah I, there's an unprompted tears off tiffany's wig well it seems like it's an because she's getting she's standing up and like saying something and then when she walks past tiffany her hand like gets the wig it felt more accidental than intentional to me i feel like it was one of those things where the script said that it happens yeah and on, and on set they're like well how does it happen it's like we Staring opposite the Grammys. Don't worry about it. Just take it off. Uh, <laughs> I did love, I did love uh, Tiffany's uh, gown. It's like a green with I think sequin and like feathers at the bottom. Ethan, I so like the big, you know, my big drag news. I went to the pageant dress store in the mall, uh, the one that I've been afraid to go in Woo! because I'm a mustachioed, gray-haired, short man. <laughs> Yeah, going into a store that exclusively sells gaudy as hell prom dresses and like quinceanera dresses uh, and run by two Eastern European women. <laughs> but uh, no, but like, they but exist. I mean, they had a bunch of gowns just like, you know, those uh, with just feathers of sequins and shit. I bought I bought one. Uh, so, you know, the start. We're going to oh, have to have a talk about your finances, mister, because I'm scared. Well, no. <laughs> no, yeah, that and all the Marvel Legends that I keep buying. Oh, and ooh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Folks, Brett just got out of his chair oh, yeah. and is walking towards the wall, and he's eh. just brought back. Oh, my God. <laughs> a a Star-Lord Star helmet. helmet. A Star-Lord helmet. I went to Target, and it was 50% off, and... I don't care. I am trash for Peter Quill. I don't <laughs> give a fuck what anyone says. Chris Pratt sucks, but Star-Lord is literally the superhero that I imagined myself being when I was a child, and somehow he exists and is in a bunch of Marvel movies, and I love him. <laughs> so, I don't care. He was the one that made Thanos snap. He was the one that screwed every everybody out uh, of living. No. Five years. Wrong. Do you know the only two motherfuckers in all of Infinity War that actually did the right thing were Wanda Maximoff, who destroyed the Mind Stone and killed Vision, and Peter Quill, who, as soon as Thanos grabbed Gamora, he pulled the fucking trigger. He was going to kill her just like she asked, except he already had the reality stone and turned it into bubbles. But it's like, why didn't Doctor Strange destroy the time stone? Huh? He doesn't want it to. Why didn't he? Because he has to protect it. Uh, God, it's like. So what I love about that movie, though, is that every single (laughs) stone is attached. I've thought about this so fucking much. Every single stone is attached to a mini versus the few choice. And every single time, everyone always chooses the few. And it's and the only person that doesn't is our Star-Lord and Scarlet Witch. And because uh, Star-Lord 
lost his temper when he found out the love of his life was murdered, which 100% would do. I would do the exact same fucking That's thing. not what a hero would do. It's not what a hero would do. Depending on a scoundrel would. Uh, depending <laughs> on how much medicine, depending on what my doses are. Right now, I don't feel anything, joy or sadness. So probably I'd just let it slide. But if I had skipped a dose, Thanos would get a punch right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but your superpower so anyway. is adjusting your meds. Yeah. So you have different emotions. This that's what's in my pouches. It's just <laughs> purple analol and uh Zoloft and Putrin. God. Um so we're back we're back at the um oh, the, the, the host of the TV show says zoom in on his head when because he's bald. Like Charles Ludlam is a bald man. Yeah. Or a bald short. person. I have no idea how Charles Ludlam identified on the gender spectrum because that was just a whole other concept in the 80s like that's you know he has like the uh <laughs> the bald head but the the wraparound hair and the sideburns the atoll those that's yeah, an atoll that's what my dad has yeah um water world so, <laughs> but then he they, he's like oh but crystal has a surprise too and then snatches her wig to see that there love- is red hair underneath yeah i like i have it on authority that crystal love is also a redhead <laughs> <laughs> that was good and he's like my name is Bert and then thank God I still got my job as a waitress and he he, str- he struts out and Eddie Garvin says probably the weirdest line of the whole thing oh where I he loved goes, it can a man write as a woman as well as a woman that's a topic for another show who wants to see that I don't he's <laughs> done, <laughs> done. Uh, <laughs> I love that uh, and then then I got more commercials. One was uh, for soft and dry deodorant, which was ice skating themed. And mm-hmm. then one of just a kid dresses a cowboy with his mother asking him questions about his cold and him saying no or yes. And then it's for co-Tylenol chewable tablets. I don't know. And then a commercial for Anne Margaret and the late great Treat Williams in Streetcar Named Desire, which <laughs> aired which really? aired um at the end of this week, I think like probably the Sunday night after this Tuesday. So yeah. And then we go back to the show and it's, it's really, it just wraps up. Yeah. He's like, how do you feel about Donahue? Cause like Charlie's like, Hey man, we got, we can still milk this. And yeah, she's and- like, he's like nice hair, short. <laughs> no. And and then it's, it's kind of like, that's the end of the, of the, of the deception. Well, and then uh, Tiffany comes and is like, oh, it turns out they're not airing this segment. And and Crystal says, oh, because, yeah, they, I could see them not wanting to just like really embarrass like one person in particular. And Tiffany says, yeah, because the host fly was open. Who wants to see that? I don't. Like the last 10 minutes of the show became very Eddie Garvin focused. Yeah, <laughs> fuck Eddie like, Garvin. He, get, he gets <laughs> these great lines. He becomes this like center of attention. He's not just like a... a, a a background character they're like oh we're on this guy's show it's like no he's got good comedy i know he's, he's it's very purred it's very purred happily like yeah, it's very yeah. like you know if this show had gone on for multiple seasons the writers would have just kept figuring out ways to get people back on that show because that actor and the game that they have established with him is just too funny he's just terrible at everything he does and he's and in- also is uninterested and hates all of it <laughs> I know. great so that, uh, that's how the show ended it was just kind of like his fly was down laugh 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 goodbye yeah More that's basically how the series ended are you ready for some must-have facts i'm really interested to see oh if you were able to dig any up oh yeah uh well 
So on the ratings, 9.1 million people watch this episode of television. That's not a lot. So where do you think it ranked for the week? Give me a number. For the week? Yeah, yeah. In its weekly Nielsen ratings, where do you think it fell? Um, 46th? 61st. Mm. Uh, The top five shows of the week were number five, Dynasty. Number four, Simon and Simon. Number three was Dallas. Number two was the Grammy Awards. And number one was Lace Part Two. <laughs> and so Lace is a was a TV mini, so like two part, I think, TV uh, event starring Phoebe Cates as a film star who is searching for her birth mother. And the this is great. The the miniseries includes this iconic line that TV Guide voted the greatest line in all of television in like the 90s uh, <laughs> is, uh, incidentally, which one of you bitches is my mother? <laughs> <laughs> which oh, I need to find a clip of Phoebe Kate saying that because incidentally, which one of you bitches is my mother is gay canon. Lace yeah. to... The the um the, the the log line on IMDb is while in the first part Lily searched for her mother, she now questions her mom on the identity of her father. Oh man. Going back part to the well. three, part three, cousin. Part four, aunt. Just keep going. Ooh, incidentally, which one of you bitches is my mother? <laughs> I'm looking at the, the no one else in this I I recognize. Um <laughs> Literally nobody else in this is a name that I recommend. Crazy that like for I guess these two weeks, America had lace mania to be the number one watch for part two to be the number one most watched show above Dallas and the Grammy Awards. Yeah. Like lace just people eating up that lace. (laughs) The world the world was hungry for more. Phoebe Kate's content. And you know, like, a better world. It looks like Angela Lansbury was in the first one. Honor Blackman was in the first one. Yeah. That's um, good. that's about it. That's all that's all you get. So the uh the Tuesday night lineup that O Madeline aired as a part of, and this also might explain uh, the, the ratings. Um, it the night kicked off with foul ups, bleeps, and blunders. <laughs> and then and then went to ripley's believe it or not oh followed by wait is that the ripley's believe it or not with jack palance oh maybe or not i always get confused with um beyond fact or fiction beyond belief um and then three's company which is somehow still on is the lead-in to o madeline uh, and then closing out the night, the greatest show of all time, Heart to Heart. So this was Three's Company's last season. Okay, good. And I think this might have been Heart to Heart's last season. So Susan um, Sarandon was no longer there. Susan Summers. Suzanne Summers. Sorry. <laughs> not yes. <laughs> not 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 Susan Sarandon. Uh, so here, so. After so, uh, oh, Madeline aired this episode, and they air one more episode in two weeks, and then it's reported in the papers that oh, Madeline is going on hiatus. It's going to be replaced with a Leslie Nielsen comedy called Shaping Up. But don't worry, oh, Madeline fans, the show is expected to return in the spring. 
And it never did. And it uh, those 18 episodes did not make it to DVD. They are on you. They're all of them are on YouTube. Yeah. And various qualities. So uh, Tom Shales, a Pulitzer Prize winning critic. So was one of the 11 newspapers to write. And, and mind you, I think 10 of those entries are just like a blurb and they actually included Charles's name in it because most of the blurbs didn't even include the other author who was a man dressed as a woman. Like they didn't even include that part of it. So Tom Shales wrote Madeline Kahn shines tonight and she gets more than ample comedy support from guest star Charles Ludlum. Ludlum, one of the best female impersonators in the business, adds zest as Tiffany. So good job. And uh, at the time, Charles Ludlum was starring off-Broadway in Galas, a modern tragedy written and directed by Ludlum, which was based on the life of Maria Callas. Hmm. And yeah, so... uh, Oh, and apparently... So now this is an excerpt from the biography about this... uh, Um, So... I'm trying to find... Uh, okay, what's so here's here's what the biography says about the O Madeline episode. Um, so, but in retrospect, what's most fascinating is that the network hemmed and hawed over the matter of revealing Ludlum's gender up until the last minute. In his column for the Daily News on January 29th, Harry Hahn notified his readers that Gallas, which is the Maria Callas play he's working on, would be dark for the week so that Charles Ludlum can drag himself to Hollywood. An old history classmate of his from Hofstra, Madeline Kahn, asked him to guest on her series, Oh Madeline, and he will, without compromising any standards. He'll play a woman novelist of the Barbara Cartland School of Romance, and then Hahn ended his item with this juicy tidbit. To date, the net hasn't decided whether to reveal his true gender. <laughs> so that's just nuts. Uh, regardless of how uh, Ludlum felt, Ludlum simply had a ball doing Oh Madeline, according to Kahn, Perhaps there was some attitude manifested by others involved with the show who failed to understand or appreciate Charlie's particular gifts, but Charles wasn't offended by any of it. He had the most wonderful time, and he was just a joy to work with, a very generous artist. Uh, As others recalled, he returned from Hollywood thrilled with the entire experience. He especially enjoyed working with the costumers and teaching them tricks of the trade, such as stuffing his bra with birdseed to better simulate realistic mammillary movement. He did not do a lot of screen work. No. Uh, I know like big profile stuff. He did an episode of Miami Vice. Yep. Um, He did. He was in the big easy with Dennis Quaid. So weird. Um, Ellen Barkin, but like not was more or less stage. And I guess like that can make sense because he has Madeline Kahn said in that you know, quote that people on the set were kind of, you know, maybe didn't appreciate his talents. Who knows how they treated him. Uh, And then also the network itself being like, well, we don't actually know if we want people to know about this. Well, it's, it's interesting Uh, that that, that watching this entire thing, it felt more like a stage play. Oh yeah. 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 The performances, you can tell that they were, they were very over the top. They were, it was staged in a way where all the characters just really just kind of like exit left, right center. It was was set up like a stage play. Yeah. So uh, what are you watching tonight? Uh So on ABC is O'Madeline. Madeline disguises herself as a flamboyant authoress 
so she can appear in a television talk show with the leading romance novelist uh, who was a man posing as a woman. That's a brave entry that mentioned that part. On CBS, we have the Grammy Awards. John Denver hosts the 26th annual Grammy Awards presentation live from the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles with scheduled appearances from Chuck Berry, Janie Frick, Melissa Manchester, Linda Ronstadt, Bob Seger, and Sheena Easton. And on NBC, you can watch the last half hour of Riptide, uh, Cody, Nick, and Boz help a woman accused of killing her lover, but the lady is kidnapped during the course of their investigation. What are you watching? I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I'm probably watching Riptide. Oh, man. you Because you love Cody, Nick, and Boz. Cody, Nick, and Boz. I don't know. The <laughs> the, the guests for the, uh, the Grammy Awards, I'm like... Uh... Now, see... That is wild because this is the this is the thriller Grammys. So Thriller wins album of the year. So I know and Culture Club is best new artist. And I'm like, there are definitely better celebrities there. Who is performing? 26th annual Grammys. Who is performing it? 26th. God, it was it's so, so young. Uh, so okay, performers tonight. We got Donna Summer. We got Big Country, Bonnie Tyler. Chuck Berry, the Eurythmics are performing. Uh, Herbie Hancock is performing. Oh my God. John Denver and a Muppet. <laughs> Don't want to. And Wynton Marsalis and Irene Cara. Yeah. Record of the Year was Beat It. Album of the Year was Thriller. Song of the Year was Every Breath You Take. And Best New Artist is Culture Club. I mean, like, this is. If you, this is the most 80s you can get. The winners. Yes. Sure. Like, the winners are fantastic. But I'm like. I'm watching. Eh. I don't know. What's Bob Seger doing there? What does he he's not performing? He's just there. Bob he's Seger. Probably. He's probably, pre- probably presenting. Why would you list the presenters? List the performers, especially the yeah. performers are like the fucking Eurythmics. And I'm not here to watch Bob Seger trip over. Donna some Summer. Donna comments. Summer doing She Works Hard for the Money. Yes. Yes. Bonnie Tyler doing Total Eclipse of the Heart. Which is probably great. The long version, the, probably. Yeah. The Eurythmics doing Sweet Dreams. I mean, like, this is an amazing Grammys. Yeah, I'm watching the Grammys. Yeah, I'm probably watching the Grammys too. If I'm not, I don't know. the 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 threshold is: Do I want to watch this or do I want to read a book? <laughs> and the older I get, the more books I want to read. So I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. This this is a tough one. I feel like I'm a 39 year old gay man in 1984. I am watching Culture Club win a Grammy and the Eurythmics perform and Bonnie Tyler <laughs> and Donna Summer. And hopefully I'm at a party with other gays. Uh, we're having a good time. Laughing uh, at Bob Seeger. On I and crushing on him. Um on IMDB, like this episode has no rating. Which makes sense. So there are no, no Madeline heads in this in this world. No. I mean, I would give this like a 7.6. I might give this a 6.7. I might, <laughs> I might flip those numbers. And then, cause I think there's, there's, there's a lot of good to it. Granted, you know, watching it with bad video and audio does detract quite a bit. Um, it Don't like, if, believe me. I did for a second, think about ripping the audio from one and the video from another and putting them together. But oh. Brett, Brett. <laughs> that's overkill um i i would i would give it more than it wasn't bad i think i think charles levin did a great job he of all the characters that had the um must-see performance you don't even have to ask me i'm gonna say it's charles ludlam yeah 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 well and 
You say him. No, I'll say Charles Ludlam as well. I mean, Madeline Kahn is also great. I Because, okay, like the bar is really high when you tell me that Madeline Kahn had a sitcom at like height of her powers, and it lived up to that. So good performance, but Charles Ludlam yeah. was great. Charles Ludlam, Charles Ludlam did phenomenal <laughs> drag in every scene that he was in. Yeah. Uh, every single one of those outfits was spot on. Oh yeah, the the gold lame like the gold pants, pants that he was that she was wearing to seduce the neighbor. I was like, work, yes. It was like that. I'm like, pants okay, so you're, you're you're doing the acting and you are very well made up. And I'm assuming that was probably all of her wardrobe. If that excerpt is, you know, correct of like probably showed up and was like, this is what I wear. (laughs) This is what we're doing. So I, I would say that Charles has the, the, the must see performance, but Madeline Kahn, I don't know what the rest of the series is like in the opening credits. There's, she's in a whole bunch of different costumes. There's a whole montage of her just screaming. So I don't know. what That sounds amazing. <laughs> Try to watch. Just watch the first oh maybe God. 30 seconds of the other version so you can get the ragtime banjo trombone intro of the very surreal just clips from the show where she's screaming, where she's dressed like a, a leopard, where she's falling off a couch. It's I don't know. I don't know what killed this show first. I mean, I think that. It was uh, too good. I mean, I think that the the jokes were too too weird and too smart. Was it um, that time slot? Was it up against the granny? I mean, that that time no. slot is horrible. You're you're. I mean, the rest of the after evening, bloopers and Three's Company, and now like you know, hard to hard. Three's Company. Good. Look, I love Don Knotts. Don yeah. Knotts is an American treasure. The the <laughs> last season of Three's Company. I'm going to say that the, probably the steam's run out of the boiler. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. For a long time. Uh, and most other people see this episode. I mean, I think that this is a fascinating, fun, uh, again, another look at another uh, classic drag performer. I mean, like, if you are asked, name me drag queens before 1990, and you say RuPaul and Divine, we have introduced you to others. Yes. Uh, including T.C. Jones. That's his name, right? T.C. Jones. Okay. <laughs> yeah. T.C. Jones. And now Charles Ludlum. The class is drag 101. The instructor's T.C. Jones. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Thank you to everyone who, who has, who has uh, watched our episode on YouTube for the Alfred Hitchcock Hour. It now has more views than our Doris Day Show episode, which blows my mind. Very uh, odd. Very odd. I didn't think we'd get more than 200 Um but we have so thank you everyone yeah uh and you know we'll be back with the 90s uh we'll think of something uh notable and known probably that you can stream somewhere um and and then you know got a whole a whole summer a whole summer whole summer baby of of life to live um Ethan, where can they find you on the internet? Check me out on Instagram at EthanK55 and don't check me out on threads because I posted one thing and I'm just like, ah, I'm already sick of this and I'm, yeah. I got them. <laughs> I'm tired. I can't. Uh, I'm, uh, I am on Instagram 
at at Brett White. I'm also on Twitter still at at Brett White. And I'm, I'm, I I got a blue sky. I got a threads. I'm not using either. Wait to see what happens with the dust settles. Um, and, uh, yeah. And you can also follow my drag account at Barb Hardly, although I have not, uh, done drag in a lot in much over the past uh, six weeks because I'm depressed <laughs> <laughs> and it's and uh, it's a lot of work and etc. Uh, so I if you want to make me, if you want to make me happy, leave co- leave comments on yeah. YouTube. Um, leave comments, uh, talk reach to out. Us. Friend us on Instagram. Friend us on yeah. Friend right on Twitter. Email at at uh, musthaveseentv at gmail dot com. And, you know, rate and review in iTunes. I think we got two more star ratings because I think the number one went from 66 to 68, but no written reviews. Um, and also, I don't even know what those star ratings were. They could have been more one stars. I have no idea. I that's know. why you got to write something. So you I don't let understand me know. stars. How do things get rated these days? I don't Jeez. know. Uh, I'm new to technology. I'm just a baby. That's that's me. You're Jonathan Winters from Mork and Mindy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so please have fun this summer and, uh, we'll be back soon. Yeah. Tip your local drag Queens in honor of Charles Ludlam and respect the strikes and don't cross the picket lines. Don't cross the picket lines. You'll get your Marvel movies eventually. Just chill. They deserve to be paid fairly. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.